Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Taylor Bank Sports with Kevin Taylor. I am your host, Kevin Taylor, coming to you from my hometown, the capital city of Georgia of Atlanta. Thank you so much for being a part of the program this week. And, of course, we've got another exciting edition of this program. On this show, we're going to preview the Falcons' upcoming game this week against the Carolina Panthers. And this is a big showdown in the NFC South. Also, Georgia Tech taking on Virginia. Georgia taking on South Carolina. Georgia State taking on Georgia Southern, as well as Clark Atlanta Morehouse. Also, we're going to go inside of the East Atlanta Cup that was recently held at the East Atlanta Golf Club, and uh, we're going to talk to my special guest, Tom Knapp of the Golf Channel, as well as Dave Purdy of the East Atlanta Golf Club. And I had a great time over there this past week, and they wrapped up uh, the events. Actually, as we record this program on Wednesday, November 1st, the uh, final rounds were held earlier today, and I'll give you an update as to who won, as it was some of the best collegiate golfers in the country here, right, in Atlanta, taking part in the East Lake Cup. And that uh, was a wonderful event, and I thank them so much for having me out this year. But uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit. Also, you hear comments from the Falcons head coach, Dad Quinn, and Kirby Smart of Georgia, as well as Paul Johnson from Georgia Tech. So make sure that you stay close right here on Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Don't forget also that you can check me out anytime on social media at Kevin Taylor 98. I keep it simple for you. Keep it real simple. Kevin Taylor 98 is where you'll find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But no doubt, if you want to check out some of the latest videos that I have from when I go out to events or games or so forth, go to my YouTube page. It's real easy. Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. So check it out, all right? No doubt. Also, we're going to give you an update on the World Series. And uh, the Dodgers, they're down. Games, they're down 5-1, sixth inning. So we'll keep you updated during this recording of the program as to if the Dodgers can come back. But what a game in game five. Wow. You know, you had a day of football, inning it with baseball, extra innings. This has to be the second best World Series I've ever seen. Number one was the 1991 Braves Twin Series. Yeah, I'm a little biased. I was there as an usher at Atlanta Florida County Stadium. And it was the first time the Braves went to the World Series. That's, that's, that's the best World Series I've seen. Seven games, no doubt about it. But this one here between the Dodgers and Astros is second best. I mean, it's arguably the second best, no doubt. But at the same time, Classic World Series. It's lived up to the hype. I thought it was going to go seven games, and it truly has. So they have not disappointed. So uh, you never know. We might go into extra innings. <laughs> but check me out on Twitter, and uh, I'll try to keep you updated as to what's going on, all right? Well, let's jump into some football action, shall we? As the Atlanta Falcons, they head up I-85 to Charlotte for a much-anticipated uh, game on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. It's division time as the Falcons are playing their first divisional game of the season. Let's see how these two teams stack up. Now, total yards per game, the Falcons lead with uh, just under 375 yards uh, a game. Carolina comes into it at 311. Now, passing yards per game, Falcons, of course, they are playing much better, uh, about 251 yards per game to uh, Carolina's 213. Now, rushing yards per game, 
Hey, the Falcons got that too, 123 to 98 yards per game. Now, it's going to come down, of course, to who can stop whom. Can the Falcons' defense stop Carolina's offense? Carolina, of course, has traded wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin. They traded him away uh, in the trade. If uh, the Falcons' defense can come up and stop the run if Carolina tries to go against that, uh, we'll try to use it against the Falcons, rather. And can the Falcons' offense really get going in the running game? I think that's going to be key in this game. Can the Falcons' running game really get enough carries to carry this team? You know, we know they can throw the ball. We know they have the receivers. But you've got to get Devontae Freeman more touches. It's just that simple. Here's head coach Dan Quinn talking about this Sunday's game and how he's already was anticipating it even back, back at the beginning camp. of the offseason and training camp and even the regular season we put an emphasis on the division and uh, now we finally get back to do that and uh, they're special because you only get six of them and uh, this happens to be our first one so uh, we're expecting a straight up battle with them up in Charlotte this weekend we can't wait to uh, get the preparation beginning for that all right well they've already begun and uh, I think it's going to be a great matchup I think the Falcons will come out with a victory, Carolina, they're struggling right now and trying to find an identity for sure. But uh, they're still putting together some wins, don't get me wrong, but they're not really consistent. But at the same time, I think the Falcons are the better team in this one, and they'll come out with a victory to uh, come back home after a three-game road stretch. And uh, after Carolina, it's the Dallas Cowboys waiting for them next Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. All right, now going into college, a hey, Georgia. We got to say congratulations to them. The BCS college football playoff rankings are out. They came out earlier this weekend. In those rankings, Georgia is on top at eight and zero, and then Alabama is number two. Notre Dame is third at seven and one. Clemson is fourth at seven and one, and Oklahoma rounds out the top five at seven and one. Now in the AP top twenty-five, that's a little different story. Alabama's first; they got fifty-nine uh, first-place votes. Georgia second. They got two first-place votes. Ohio State's third, Wisconsin fourth, and Notre Dame is fifth. Now, uh, some may say, is Georgia worthy of that ranking? You know, because they really haven't had a legitimate opponent this year. But I would beg to differ. They played Notre Dame. They beat Notre Dame on the road. They just beat Florida handily. Jim McElwain is out as head coach. I mean, come on. You beat Tennessee handily. So, Auburn and Georgia Tech are basically two tough games that the dogs still have on the schedule. But I really feel that both of those games, Georgia should win, at least going in. Now, rounding out the coaches, coaches poll, Alabama's number one on that. They got 65 first-place votes. Georgia is second, Ohio State's third, Wisconsin's fourth, and Clemson rounds out the top five. Now, Georgia, they're going to be at home this Saturday against South Carolina. And uh, I don't think that South Carolina is going to really trip them up. I, I really don't. Now, South Carolina, they actually are in some conversation for being in the top 25. They got 11 votes received for the uh, AP 25, but uh, did not, you know, get in. But at the same time, Georgia, they know what's, they know what's at stake for them. They don't need the number one ranking to be a distraction. No one's talking about that. They're focused on South Carolina, and you can tell that. You really can tell that Georgia is going to try to go all out, get a win this week, and, of course, try to continue their momentum going into every week's game. They're not even concerned about the number one ranking. And rightfully so. Kirby Smart has them really mentally prepared, for sure. 
Now, Georgia Tech, on the other hand, they're going to be coming off of a loss to Clemson. Yes, 24 to 10. They went down last Saturday uh, to Clemson. And uh, Clemson, of course, is the national defending champion. And uh, Tech, it was just a sloppy game, uh, sloppy field conditions, wet. Uh, Tech trailed 73 late in the first quarter, but Clemson scored the game's next 17 points to pull away. Uh, Tech trailed 21 to 3 at halftime, and I think a lot of people probably tuned out of this one on ABC for sure. Uh, the Jackets limited the Tigers to just three points after halftime, but outscored Clemson 73 in the second half, but it really didn't matter. I mean, Clemson was just a more superior team here. Uh, they're going to be facing Virginia and uh, Tech and Virginia. They have some good battles, but uh, Virginia's strength right now has been on defense, where it ranks fourth in the ACC and 28th nationally in total defense. Uh, they're third in the ACC and 18th nationally in passing defense. Uh, they're playing pretty well in the red zone. The Cavaliers have allowed opponents to score on just 68% of their trips inside of Virginia's 20-yard line. And that's good for first in the ACC and seventh nationally. The Cavaliers also have intercepted 10 passes, and that's good for 20th nationally. Uh, so it's going to be a great game. We'll see how Virginia's defense stacks up to Georgia Tech's triple option offense. Here's Kirby Smart as we preview uh, Georgia's game against South Carolina. And then after Kirby, uh, you know, we'll get into uh, Paul Johnson. But at the same time, uh, Kirby Smart is going to be first. Here he is uh, talking about, you know, what he expects for his team to uh, play against South Carolina, the line, the level of play, rather, going in to this particular Overall, game. South Carolina, the team is really hot, playing well. You know, they're playing with a quarterback who I got a lot of respect for and um, know from his days over in uh, Opelika. And we did not play against them last year. So they've got a new spark of energy and playing really well this year. I've uh, had some tough injuries, but have played through them. And I think Will's doing a great job over there uh, with the team, the morale, and the energy they play with. They're running the ball much better. Uh, they got more experienced players on defense. And they've always been good on special teams. I think they're one of the best special teams groups when you talk about all the units, um, everything together that we'll play this year. So be a great opportunity to come play in Sanford Stadium and expect our fan base to turn out for uh, what I expect to be a great game. Now, Tech will travel to Virginia to take on the Cavaliers on Saturday. Kickoff is at 3 o'clock. Tech will look to rebound after last Saturday's 24-10 loss to Clemson. Here's Tech coach Paul Johnson recapping the Clemson game and looking ahead to Virginia. You know, disappointed with the outcome of the Clemson game. I think that they're a very good football team, and uh, we made way too many mistakes uh, against a really good team like they have. Uh to win the game so we're disappointed that, that with our mistakes and you know looking forward to playing Virginia this week hoping we can correct that and move forward yes that's exactly what they're going to be trying to do for sure coming up this Saturday afternoon in Charlottesville Virginia now the uh, Georgia game this week uh, now that's going to be a, a good game between uh, Georgia and South Carolina so don't count that game out but uh, Georgia South Carolina would be at 3.30, and you can catch the game nationally on CBS. So it should be a good one there. Now, here locally, it's a couple of local matchups between Georgia State and Georgia Southern. Uh, Georgia State would travel down to Statesboro to take on Georgia Southern after they are coming off of a win against South Alabama. They've had a, a few days off. 
for the Panthers as the, that game was uh, played on October 26th. But, uh, you know, Coach Sherman Elliott has these guys. They, they're believing that they can win games, and it's, it's evident. Now, you can catch the game between Georgia State and Georgia Southern at 3 o'clock on ESPN3. Georgia Southern is winless on the season. Um, nah, I, I, I don't I don't think Georgia State is going to lose this game. That is just me personally. And I don't see Georgia State having any trouble with Georgia Southern. It was a big state rivalry game, but at the same time, I think Georgia State will take care of business on Saturday for sure. Clark Atlanta, they go over to BT Harvey Stadium here in Atlanta to face the Morehouse Maroon Tigers. It's the last game of the season for both teams. Clark Atlanta comes into this game at four and five. Morehouse is a disappointing three and six. Um, I, I, what can you say about this game? I mean, these are two teams that really are playing right now for breaking rights over the AU Center. I mean, that that's basically what it is. What this is, um, you know, Clark Atlanta has one of the best quarterbacks in the uh, in the division, but at the same time, you've got to be able to stop your opponent. Can Clark Atlanta do that uh, to, to get a win? Both of these teams are going to be really ready come Saturday. They are. And they always are up for each other. And no matter when these two teams play, if it's football, basketball, whatever it is, they are always ready to play. And this game should be no different. Morehouse is they're three and six, but they're they're not gonna be playing like a, a three and sixteen for sure. They're not. Uh they are going to be coming out with almost everything. Almost everything. So I look for a very intense game. I look for a very physical game between these two teams. And uh, I really feel that uh, Jonathan McCrary, who's the uh, red shirt senior from Decatur, uh, I think that uh, he's, he's going to put up some good numbers for Clark Atlanta. And at the end of the day, I think Clark Atlanta will get the 500 and win this game over Morehouse. It's going to be close, but I think Clark Atlanta will be able to do it for sure. That game will be at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. All right, now we're going to switch gears into golf as we're going to recap what happened over at the East Lake Cup. And uh, like I said, I was able to go over to uh, the East Lake Country Club uh, earlier this week and had a great time over there and uh, just really uh, got to thank the fine people and staff over at the East Lake uh, Golf Club and also the Golf Channel for allowing me to come over. And uh, what over home, South Carolina, the team is really hot, and, playing uh, well. You know, I had a, had a wonderful experience there and um, – I can't wait to do it again next year for sure. But uh, Southern Cal, uh, Diva, uh, Metania, and also Vanderbilt's Will Gordon were named the recipients of the third annual Tom Cousins Award, and that's given each year to the male and female collegiate players who excel at academics, and they engage in their community and demonstrate the ability to overcome adversity. So that's a prestigious award that goes along with the East Lake Cup for sure. Uh, Gordon is actually a junior. And uh, he has conducted a weekly after-school program for kids through the first T of Charlotte and currently volunteers as a tutor at elementary schools near the Vanderbilt campus. Now, uh, Mathena is a sophomore, and she founded her own nonprofit organization and uh, spearheaded five tournaments in the past six years to benefit organizations such as the American Red Cross, St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, and the Special Olympics. So congratulations to them. Now, in match play, USC 
Southern Cal defeated Stanford in women's play, and Vanderbilt, the men, they won in match play over Illinois to take both of their divisions' East Lake Cup for 2017. Now, I recently was able to talk to uh, Tom Knapp of the Golf Channel about the East Lake Cup, and we had a wonderful conversation. And uh, for those that may not know, it's a yearly event featuring the best golfers in the country. So let's now go to uh, my conversation with Tom Knapp. I'm now joined by Tom Knapp of the Golf Channel. Tom, thanks for joining us here on TaylorMade Sports. And uh, just tell us about the East Lake Cup. Sure. So it's our third year. Um, this is this is a um, this is one of our favorite weeks of the year um, for a variety of reasons. One of the reasons is um, we have a tremendous relationship here with the East Lake Golf Club and the East Lake Foundation. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2014, we started a very significant um, collegiate golf initiative at Golf Channel where we did a partnership with the NCAA, started televising their national championships every year in May, and we realized that, that we were onto something and that it was meaningful to our sport. We were exposing um, college players to golf viewers in advance of them uh, making their way onto the PGA Tour. So th- we started discussions with, with the Eastlake Club um, right after that and said, you know, there's probably room for more than one televised golf tournament and and since we are uh, we have such a good relationship with the with, with the club with Mr. Cousins Lillian Giornelli and Chad Parker here at the club we decided that this would be a great way to help the East Lake Foundation and um, so that was again that was three years ago and this year you know we've got the We've got the uh, semifinalists from the NCAA's in May on both the men's and the women's sides battling it out in match play right now, and then tomorrow we'll we'll crown two team champions. Yes, and of course you have the uh, top four of the nation's men and women's uh, best collegiate golfers here in the country. So you can't really ask for much more than that on a amateur level. Now it's fantastic, and 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 as I said, the the, the cool part about it is match play for golf is tremendous. It's a it's a terrific format. It's the way that these kids are going to you know, win and play for their national championship in May, and they don't get a lot of opportunities to play in match play. It's a very different format. Mm-hmm. This is a chance for them. Doing it on this golf course does two things for them. One thing is because uh, they all they all want to, you know, all the men anyway, want to be on the PGA Tour, and they get mm-hmm. to play on the golf course where the Tour Championship and the FedEx Cup is, is played and, um, and won. But also, this is a great way for them to prepare for the NCAA championships because it's also a match play event. Mm-hmm. So they get to do a little dress rehearsal, um, and, and each of these teams performed extremely well in last year's national championships. So to have the top programs um, in golf on our air again is tremendous for us. We couldn't be happier. And it's great that you have a relationship with Mr. Cousins because Atlanta is a focal point you know, throughout the country. But you have so many other venues and cities that you could have chosen, but you came to Atlanta, and uh, it's been, been very well received. You know, like many businesses, golf is a relationship business. And, and Mr. Cousins means a lot to a lot of people at Golf Channel and NBC Sports. And we came to know him over the years um, uh, through televising the Tour Championship here um, every year in September. We got to know him. We got to know Lillian, his daughter. Uh, and we got to know the kids that, um, frankly, are realizing their dream of going to college as a result of the East Lake Foundation and all the good work that they do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have meaningful relationships like that, um, good things happen. And, you know, Mr. Cousins has done a lot for this community. Um, everybody who's connected to Atlanta knows it. And if there's ways that we can contribute to what he's doing, we're all in. 
Now, speaking of Mr. Cousins, tell us more about the Tom Cousins Award. So, so the Tom Cousins Award is uh, is an award presented on both the men's and the women's side to um, to the players that are in the field this week who've done who've made a difference off the golf course, who've frankly um, who who embody the um, um, all the things that are important to Tom Cousins, right? Which is giving back to others, making a difference, using your position to help someone who may not be in the same position as you. And you know, to to one day um, uh, make a uh, make a difference for someone else's life. Um, and the fact that they're starting so early, that these kids are understanding how to give back when they're 20, 21 years old, um, is tremendous, tremendous. So yeah, so it's the embodiment of everything that's important to Tom Cousins and played out by by the players in this uh, field this this week. And of course, this does help out with the East Lake Foundation because it gives back to the community. It's very charitable and uh, very philanthropic uh, with the uh, uh, community as well as with the organization from the East Lake Golf Club as well as the Golf Cup. And uh, so it's basically a win-win for the community, Golf Channel, Golf Cup, the whole nine. It is. It is um, all made possible by our friends at Hewlett Packard Enterprise, who is our, our, our sponsor this week. Um, we also obviously have partnerships with Buick and, and CSX, and so you know everybody's important to the process. But everybody knows why why the East Lake Foundation is important, and and their supporters as well. So I want to thank them uh, as well. But talk about a win-win. Uh, it doesn't get much better than this. This is one of our favorite weeks of the year. It really is. Yes, indeed. We're talking to Tom Knapp of the Golf Channel right here on TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor. And Tom, before we do let you go, you know, you've got some Division One schools here and uh, with a large following in, you know, the majority of major sports with these schools. And where do you see the uh, East Lake Cup going after this season? Yeah, so, you know, I had to put you on the spot. No, I, I, no, I, I put some of my guests on the spot. It's all, so. it's, it's all good. I mean, it's, it, it obviously sounds too simple for me to say that we want to continue to grow the event, but here's What's really what's really cool for us is this is only our third year doing the event, and the awareness of the event is is is, is really permeating collegiate golf, and um, it's become an aspirational event for for kids. You know, they're competing for the NCAA championships in May, but they know when they make it to the semifinals in that event that they've made it to East Lake, and that last year um, um, at Rich Harvest Farms. Um, a number of the kids from both the men's and the women's side were clearly wanting to win the NCAA championship, but were really happy to know that they just qualified for this event and they couldn't wait to get here. So the so the the overall awareness of the event is growing, and we want this to become you know it's effectively the culminating event of the fall golf season, mm-hmm. right? Golf the golf uh, college golf is a bifurcated season, fall and spring. Mm-hmm. There are only really two televised events. Um, this is the culminating event for the fall, and the NCAA championships is the culminating event of the spring, and and we want. We want this event to continue to grow where, where people realize that it's important. It's important because it ex- exposes all, all that's good about collegiate sports, but all that's good about this foundation. And uh, any word if uh, we have any of the local schools like Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia State, Georgia Southern maybe in maybe years to come? You know, Too early to say. Well, hey, um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I need to be unbiased. Okay. We would like every school to participate. There's a gentleman sitting to my left that's a that's a Georgia Bulldog. I happen to have a daughter that's at Georgia Tech. Oh. So wow. uh, okay. I would I would love to see either one of those schools participate. Uh, Georgia Tech uh, is is actually uh, has a relationship here at the club, and, and be nice, it'd be great one day yeah. for the Yellow Jackets to qualify and get here and, and play for the cup. 
Okay, wonderful. Well, we'll see what the relationship with it is like between you and Jeremy here coming up in about a few weeks around Thanksgiving weekend. That's Jeremy right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> the yearly football battle. But uh, Todd, thanks so much for being a guest here at Taylor Bay Sports this week. You're doing an outstanding job, and thanks to you as well as the Golf Channel as well for uh, being able to give the coverage to the event. Thanks for being here. Thanks for caring, and thanks for getting the word out. Thanks, Kevin. I'm joined now by Dave Purdy, who's the director of events here at the East Lake Golf Club here on Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. And Dave, uh, thanks so much for being with us on this week's program. And um, of course, you've got a beautiful facility here. And just talk about the East Lake Golf Club as a whole for the community. Well, uh, the East Lake Golf Club is the oldest club in the city of Atlanta, founded in 1904. Um, kind of went into disrepair through the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And uh, the current incarnation of the club is the vision of Tom Cousins, a real estate developer who had a vision to kind of bring the club and the community as a whole back to its original splendor. Now let's talk about the East Lake Foundation because that was established uh, in 1995. And how is that helpful to the community right now? Well, you know, the, the, the driving factor behind all that was education. Um, Mr. Cousins had a great vision. He, he, he went on a ride along with uh, the chief of police at the time through, the, through a very, you know, bad part of town. Um, and came to the conclusion that he felt like if he had been brought up in that neighborhood, he he wouldn't have been successful as he was because you know it just uh, because of the circumstances that the people were in there. And he thought that providing education, cradle to college education, is kind of the buzzword um, to help people and families pull themselves out of the cycle of poverty. And uh, it's it's hopefully benefiting. The education part has certainly. Yes, because the uh, Charles Drew Charter School is right across the street from here, and uh, it's b very beneficial to those students in the community right now as well. Absolutely, we uh, we started out with the the K through through uh, eighth grade uh, at, the, at the original uh, Charles Drew School. Um, it was it was kind of uh, interesting. We when kids graduated from that, and we you know you followed them, you could actually see some of their test scores and performance actually start to decline a little bit again. Mr. Cousins obviously had the, the visions and the wherewithal. Uh, he said, well, we need to finish the job. So he got together with some of his friends and our, and our founding sponsor members here to raise some more money, and we completed the, uh, the Drew Senior Academy over there across the street for high school. We just had our grad first graduating class last May of uh, 100 kids. Hey, wonderful. And I know I'm just going to continue as the future continues to uh, evolve for that school as well. Now, let's go back in history. As, uh, this golf club is where legend Bobby Jones played his first and last rounds of golf. And I know that's got to be an historic event for this club to be in recognition of that. Yeah, we, you know, it's, it's kind of what the club is known for. Um, Bobby Jones played his very first round of golf here uh, and his very last round of golf here. He was... Uh, the, when he was really young, I guess some, uh, his, do, his parents took him to a doctor, and the doctor said, you know, we should, you should take him out to the countryside for some fresh air during, uh, during the summer. It's kind of hard to believe that, that this was way out in the country way back when. We were so close to down 15 minutes from downtown now. Mm -hmm. But they rented houses across the street on a couple of different summers uh, on some carriage houses. And uh, as the story goes, his, uh, his father caught him looking through the fence one day watching some guys play golf. And... You know, he brought him, brought him in here and joined the club, and the old uh, pro here, Stuart Maiden from Scotland, taught him his swing, that kind of loose, fluid swing that he's known for, and, uh, and, you know, history took over from there. Yes, yes, indeed. And now, of course, this golf club, uh, they do a lot of philanthropy work as well. We do. Uh, the, obviously, the Eastlake Foundation is, the, is, you know, why we're here. We, Mr. Cousins kind of created the, the, uh, the motto, golf with a purpose. You know, the, cl the club is a for-profit business, but everything that we generate goes back into the Eastlake Foundation. 
and uh, and the local community. We've got a kind of a really cool offshoot of that now called Purpose Built Communities, which is taking the East Lake message and model to other communities around the country. I believe there. Don't quote me on this, but I believe there's 17 or 19 in. Uh, in the works right now, some of them are farther along than others. I know the, some of the guys down in New Orleans, the Bayou District Foundation, um, helped rebuild after Katrina, kind of building on this model. They've redeveloped the, the, the old city golf course down there into Bayou Oaks oh, wow. Country Club, which is, is going to be a public course, great for the, the uh, people in New Orleans. Um, but it's gonna, they're going to use that as an economic driver to, to uh, you know, help continue the great work down there. Yes, and uh, you know that can also be a stepping stone. And of course, you kind of can feed off each other with what they may be doing, and maybe help out here, and, and vice versa as well. Absolutely, yes. And of course, let's uh, go into your expertise, the events. You know, uh, this golf club actually hosted the 1950 U.S. Women's Amateur Cup, and uh, of course, I already know what's currently being held here on a major level for golf. But why don't you tell the listeners what other events are being held here at the East Lake Golf Club? Well, we do quite a few events uh, through the course of, the, of just a regular, our regular golf events through the course of the year. Our founding sponsor members are mostly Fortune 500 type companies, and a lot of them have their own, not only supporting the Eastlake Foundation through their memberships here, um, but also have their own pet charities and great organizations that they, you know, host charity golf events here, client events, stuff like that, that raise money um, for lots of good uh, charitable organization. So I keep saying that one of these years I'm going to kind of compile a list mm-hmm. of not only the money that we raised for the Eastlake Foundation right. through the Tour Championship and the Eastlake Cup and the Eastlake Invitational, but the total amount of charitable money raised for all kinds of different great organizations throughout the year. We, from the beginning of the golf season back in, you know, the beginning of April through the next couple of weeks, we uh, we host charity events uh, for various groups and, uh, and and kind of do that all year long. Right, and not to mention the Tour Championship by Coca-Cola, as well as the uh, culminating of the golf season with the FedEx Cup. Absolutely, yeah. Our kind of our three big events, we kind of call it our championship season. The uh, the Tour Championship, um, which is currently played, you know, third week of September, top 30 FedEx Cup point earners for the year. Always a great field, an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable event to, to come spectate. I've been to, you know, most of the big golf tournaments around the country, and it's just you get a great field. You can always see, you know, there's not two. The crowds aren't so huge that you can't see, you know, missed golfers that sort of thing. Um, a week after that, we host Billy Andrade and Stuart Sink, who are kind of resident professionals here. Um, we host an event called the East Lake Invitational, which they invite some of their celebrity friends uh, from the sports world and entertainment world and uh, a bunch of our members get a chance to play with them and we've done we just had our eighth one uh, a few weeks ago that raises in the neighborhood of three hundred thousand dollars a year um, and just a one and a half day golf tournament but it's a lot of fun and then we kind of finish it up with the uh, with the East Lake Cup which is uh, becoming you know one of our favorites to host the watching these young people play golf and conduct themselves it's just a it's a real treat to have them here now, before we let you go, we're coming up on the end of the year. Of course, the holiday season is right around the corner. Does the uh, golf club do anything like for the Christmas season? We do. We, uh, we are some of our members, uh, you know, here in Atlanta, it can get a little chilly in December. But we've, uh, yes, yeah, and like and last Sunday, two days ago, where these brave souls playing in the East Lake Cup Am Am, uh, it was blowing about 30 miles an hour and oh, yeah. about 35 degrees. So they were. Uh, 
they were hearty souls that day. But no, some of our members we do uh, we kind of have a holiday tradition called the Yuletide Classic, oh, okay. which we play golf on a Saturday, kind of the last Saturday before you know the Christmas Christmas break, um, and it's just kind of known throughout the membership that you know hey it's if you sign up you're playing. It might be 35 degrees and snowing, or it might be 65 degrees and sunny, but you're going to play. And that's, a, that's kind of a nice end to the year for us and uh, in our membership. It seems like a good time. Well, Dave, thanks so much for being our guest here on TaylorMade Sports this week. You have an excellent facility. You're doing a great job. And I know the best is still yet to come as we close out this year going into 2018. We're looking forward to next year already. Thank you, Kevin. All right, thanks again to my special guest, Tom Knapp from the Golf Channel and Dave Purdy of the East Lake Golf Club here on Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor this week. I also got to say thank you to Jeremy Friedman and Tom Sprouse for their help as well during the East Lake Golf Cup. All right, the Atlanta Hawks, they will be back in action on Friday night against the Houston Rockets. They dropped their game uh, earlier tonight against Philadelphia, 119-109. to So uh, the Hawks have lost seven straight after their opening night win in Dallas. World Series update before we let you go is 5-1 in the top of the eighth inning. Astros still on top. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course, on the next edition of the program, we'll still talk about college football, the Atlanta Falcons, and so much more here in Atlanta. So we're rocking the sports bell from the ATL. Never be discouraged. Always encouraged, my friends. Until the next time, I'm out.